Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to Off the Bench. Oh, yes, indeed. Another huge show awaits us off the bench. Uh, another week goes by the wayside. The best part of the week is ahead of us, and there is so much great sport to look forward to. Benny Jones is my name, Gary Belcher, and Scotty Sattler. Again, you two have either mixed up your calendars or got something wrong, but I'm, I'm thrilled you're both here. Is this sort of now the, the consistent expectation for the summer? No, I don't no, expect no, this is part of the salary. Badge gets overtime, so... <laughs> <laughs> I've run that past well, the on counter. salary and I'm on the, uh, yeah, the hourly okay, rate, 12 bucks yeah. an hour. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, we've got a big show. Uh, Pete Bedell's going to join us a little bit later on, of course, one of the Has leading... Has he broke, broken some, some stories this week? How Pete he, Bedell. How has he done it while he's been running marathons, though, is what he's I want to ask Been in Athens him. Right, running yeah. a marathon, comes back and it's just unloads. How's his international phone bill? Oh, no, he'd be using that. What's it? What's WhatsApp. Messenger. Yeah. Messenger. WhatsApp. WhatsApp. Yeah, yeah with, with Wayne and Valentine Holmes, who we spoke to uh, a little earlier in the week, and we're going to talk about that very, very soon as well. Uh, also, I caught up with a couple of English Premier League greats from Manchester United and Leeds, and the reason I did that, boys, is because both of those fine footballing organisations are heading our way Huge in news, isn't 2019. Now, yes. well, a lot Excellent. of their stars play. Yes. Benny? Well, you know the reason why they will, and I think both Michael Bridges and Ronnie Johnson, the two guys uh, I caught up with, uh, they will because there's no World Cup sort of getting in the way. Often when we have sides come out here, there's either a European yep. Championship or a World Cup, but 2019 is free of both. So, yeah, we should get the really full-strength wow. squads coming out, which will, be, which will be great. So that's coming up. A Makita Power Player driver's seat preview ahead of a huge weekend uh, of motorsport, of course, in Newcastle. But, guys, got to start with the big story of the week and get your thoughts on it before we ask Pete about it a little bit later on. Valentine Holmes, in line to become the richest ever Cronulla Sharks player. Huge five-year deal that was on the table. We heard that he might have been going off to the Cowboys. We had it all wrong. Maybe it was the Dallas Cowboys because he's going <laughs> to the mm. NFL. He's going to try his hand out at the very least. What yeah. was your initial reaction, Batch? Well, initially I thought, oh, yeah, good on you. And then I, given it a, a bit of thought and off the back of Paul Gallon's comments, I, I really do agree with Paul Gallon that he's breaking a contract. And I've got, that's my only issue with this. Sats, if he, was, if he was just at the end of his deal and then he decided to have a crack at whatever else he wants to have a crack at, I'm fine. But when you've got a contract with the NRL, it works both ways. And you've got that with the NRL or, or with your club and it's contracted to the, the league. It, the, the club can't break that contract no. and just say, sorry, you're out of here without some compensation or some, some big hullabaloo. So for a player just to walk away from that, it doesn't sit well with me. And I'd... I think the NRL can start to take steps towards making sure this is not a common occurrence. Yeah. I I tend to agree with your badge. I agree with Paul Gallon's comments. I don't agree with Paul Gallon being the one using the word integrity, but outside of that, I agree with the comments. <laughs> well, do you want to hear what Paul Gallon... This yep. is what Paul Gallon just quickly had to <laughs> say to refresh everyone's memory uh, when he spoke with Channel 9 after the news that Valentine Holmes was defecting over to the States to try his hand at the NFL. 
Val's left us. He's walked out on us, um, you know, which, which I find disappointing. I've, I've told him that. I've got nothing against him personally, obviously. I, you know, I thanked him for everything he's done at our club. He's won a premiership with us. He's been our best player. But, um, you know, the way this has happened, uh, I'm disappointed in. Then I'll have to step in here and do something about this. You know, the guys that have the ability to go to the NFL are the marquee players, are the best players, are the, the players our, our kids inspire to be like. And he's just broken the contract. Not only does he have, have a Sharks contract, he has an NRL contract. Now, the NRL are always on about the integrity of the game. I, I don't see how this is good for the integrity of the game, a bloke breaking a contract one year to go and just walking out on, on, on a club and the game. Uh, look, I, I think it's got to be a minimum two years out of the game, um, if, if not out forever. Wow. I, I don't agree with the, the two years out of the game because I don't want Valentine Holmes to get to the end of whatever this pursuit of the NRL excellence is, NFL excellence is. And if it doesn't succeed, well, he hasn't got an option to come back to our game. He's, then he's going to go play rugby union yeah, or, or, or he'll go overseas. And I don't want that. No, I don't want that either, Sats. But, and he's a wonderful player at, in, at all levels. But I think that's a sort of that's a sort of threat that the NRL needs to make to players if they do this in, and break a contract. Now, we know that Gal and Val are not pals ongoing. That was good by you, Becky. <laughs> but, <laughs> you know, look, if Val Holmes did this at the end of next year... Absolutely. It wouldn't be a drama. But... And we spoke about this during the week, Benny and Badge. We said, yeah, it's a privilege to play the NRL and to play at the highest level in the NRL, like Valentine Holmes is. So they just Holmes walk is. away and then expect to So the NRL needs back. to stand up for the game. Yep. And I know that Todd Greenberg's not really perturbed about marquee players walking away and going and playing the NFL, but we need to have a, have a contingency plan in place. So instead of suspending them, if they do leave and they want to come back, yeah. All that aside, you should never break a contract. Yeah, teach your kids you want to chase a dream. Go for your life, go and do it. But don't break a legal obligation mm. towards a group of people that are relying on you so close to a, a pre-season starting. But outside of that, the NRL, I believe, they need to start signing marquee players to one, an NRL contract, which binds them to the NRL past their current contract that they've got with their club. They mm. can go to any club they want in the NRL, but they've also got another contract, like the Australian cricket players have had over the years, which binds them to, one, the governing body first and foremost for whatever fee they negotiate. Then they go and negotiate their deal with their club. Um, yes, there are some salary cap concerns about some players getting more than others, and that's going to help out the club. But it'll also potentially keep players at the one club to hold that marquee player allowance, I believe. I think it's the only way we can probably keep players in the game without them going yeah. to other sports. Oh, well, Pete Bedell did catch up with Valentine Holmes through the week, so I look forward to hearing his thoughts on the possibilities of success for Val as he heads over there and has a crack at the NFL. Uh, this is Off the Bench for First Choice Liquor for all your liquor needs. As I said, Peter Bedell's going to join us shortly. Also, uh, a couple of former EPL champs in Michael Bridges and uh, Ronnie Johnson from uh, both Leeds and Manchester United, respectively. Uh, they're heading out to Perth in 2019. We'll find out more about that. Uh, this is a bad situation for... Um, well, for him personally, but also for any prospects of uh, reinvigorating his NRL career. And Badge, I'm referring, of course, to Jared Hayne. Uh, the news broke early on in the week that he has been now charged with aggravated sexual assault to charges from stemming from the NRL grand final night uh, way back in well, October, early October. Um, We've been talking for weeks now, haven't we, about whether he would get another contract at Parramatta, whether maybe the Dragons might have come into the mix, but that's become a distant second to any it issues has. he's got right now. Uh, he's got some massive dramas, and, uh, and and as you know, it's it's an ugly situation, and this his reputation is in tatters. And uh, I also should mention the young lady concerned. It's very, uh, you know, very concerning for her yeah. and, and her family. Yep. 
terrible stuff that is uh, we believe has has happened, and he has been charged. Uh, I, look, before any of this, I was uh, quite adamant at times that if I was running a club, I wouldn't have Jared there. And this is nothing to do with off-field mm. behaviour. It was it's all to do with. Uh, his training ethic and what he can bring to a team, what he doesn't bring to a team with so much potential. I think this might be the end of it for him as far as his career goes in the National Rugby League Uh, because no matter what happens here, even if a club does decide to sign him, it has to be ratified by the NRL and there's going to be some concern there from... uh, from them. So he might have to find he's got to pick up the pieces of his sporting career in another code or overseas. Yeah, a lot of potential evidence that keeps emerging from the night of September 30, which was grand final night. Um, from what I'm hearing is there's a there's a lot of details and facts that Jared Hayne will bring to the table as well. But okay. what we know, he's in a pretty uncomfortable position off the field. As you're saying, Badge, all that aside, he's just got other things on his mind at the moment. Rugby league should be the last thing mm. on his mind well, at the moment. still with the uh, issue over in the States that will go to a civil trial, I think, in 2020. So that still hangs over his head as well. Yeah, exactly. An yeah, ordinary spot for him to be. Yeah, he's... You know, his conditions of bail are, are quite strict as well. You know, he's got to he's got to live in the, the residence in the suburb that he's in right now. He's not allowed to go anywhere near the Hunter region. Check in daily. Uh, $25,000 surety bail bond yep. and also passport yep. has also been um, been uh, taken off him as well. Yeah. So it's pretty strict bail. And he's got to, also got to um, sign into the Castle Police Station on a couple of times a week. Mm. So... They've got a handle on him. We're here yeah. for First Choice Liquor. They've got all your liquor needs taken care of, boys. You can have a bit of a breather. We're going to catch up with Pete Bedell very, very soon from the Courier-Mail. But before that, a uh, huge footballing announcement uh, from the soccer point of view through the week. Uh, it's all to do with Perth. It's all to do with the 2019 preseason for a couple of big English clubs. They're coming to our shores, and it is going to be very, very exciting indeed. Now Liverpool must defend all over again. Beckham once more. Janssen! Ronnie Janssen! And Liverpool simply didn't defend the corner. Up to chip. Dubry couldn't get to it. Bridges has scored. His first Leeds goal. And a sign of the skill for which Leeds shelled out the thick end of £5 million. Well, yeah, this is very, very exciting if you're a football fan and more particularly if you're a Manchester United or Leeds United fan because for the first time in more than 40 years, one of the most successful and most famous footballing clubs, one of the most famous brand names in the world, is heading to Perth next July to play in two matches at Optus Stadium. The Manchester United Football Club, they're going to bring Leeds United out as well, which in itself provides a great rivalry and Perth Glory will be the Australian side involved in all of this as well. All part of their 2019-20 pre-seasons so it's going to be on for young and old and some great squads expected to come out to our part of the world Uh, we're going to catch up with a couple of men with great histories at both of those clubs Uh, very soon Michael Bridges of course had a storied time at Leeds United we'll find out a little bit more about that shortly but first, let's welcome in this man who was a member of the historic 1998-99 winning treble team at Manchester United and, uh, of course, also part of a series of trophy wins under the Alex Ferguson reign when Manchester United were the envy 
of world football. He played 99 games for the club, scored seven goals. So you just heard one of them there against my side, Liverpool. And it's a very warm welcome to Ronnie Johnson. Uh, Ronnie, welcome to Australia. Welcome to Sports Day. You've uh, been out to have a look at uh, the brand new, or pretty much brand new Optus Stadium. Uh, what have you made of it? And how much are you looking forward to, uh, obviously, Manchester United returning in the middle part of next year? No, I've been around, you know, I've been around this fabulous stadium. It's absolutely uh, beautiful. Uh, I was here one and a half year ago. Uh, it wasn't quite finished then, but now it's, everything is finished. Uh, I didn't have a look inside last time I was here. Now we've been inside and it's a fantastic stadium. So uh, congrats to you for, for this new fantastic stadium and uh, and this area as well. It's, uh, it's a nice area. I've been around... Uh, to uh, you know, you know, uh, gonna have this uh, event here in a few months. Uh, you know, the preseason, the teams uh, from Manchester United and Leeds coming here to to have the preseason uh, here. So, been performing, uh, yeah, doing stuff for them here. Ronnie, I'll come back to you shortly. I want to welcome in this gentleman who, of course, has been residing out here in Australia for a little while now, doing some great work with Optus as well, covering football here in Australia. 20-year playing career, 344 games, 79 goals, and, of course, was a huge part of Leeds United through that uh, turn of the century at their most glorious of times with Harry Kuehl playing Mark Viduka as well. They were an exciting side to watch. Michael Bridges is his name, and uh, he joins us. Michael, uh, welcome. Great to have you on board. And uh, well, what does it mean to you to be representing Leeds as part of this big preseason tour? It's great to be here, uh, and I'm absolutely delighted. It's uh, such a great thing for Leeds United to be involved in such a big game against their biggest rivals um, in history. It goes back to the 16th century. I was telling mm-hmm. the boys, it's the, the the War of the Roses between the two counties. So the, the history between the clubs is massive. And to actually be involved and see where Leeds United are at, at this moment in time, it's the 100th year centennial coming up for their birthday. I'm hoping that they are back in the Premier League because that will just magnify this tie no end. And it, it's a great place. And I'm just very honoured to, to have been asked to come over here and represent a club where I had um, some fantastic years. As I said, Michael, there were some great days at Leeds, you playing with the likes of Harry and also Mark uh, from an Australian point of view, and then it all of a sudden went a little sour. Uh, can you explain what happened at Leeds and obviously how they're tracking as they now try and pick up the pieces and get themselves back in with the big boys? Well, it was simple what went wrong. They spent money they didn't have. Um, mm. It was the decline, and I came here in 2003. Terry Venables was the manager, and we came there with Harry Kuehl, Mark Viduka, Paul O'Con, Jacob Burns, it was a massive Aussie contingency. So that's why the Leeds brand over here was so well, because of the players that we had playing um, at the time. And the decline was there was no money. They ran out of money, they gambled on money that they didn't have and we didn't qualify for the Champions League and the, the club declined after that. It was terrible what has happened. 15 years on, the new, the new owner Andre has come in and Paul Bell, the chief exec, has really gone to work behind the scenes develop the corporate hospitality, do everything up again and get the brand and the corporate sponsors back behind the logo. And Leeds at the moment are trying to emulate what Manchester United have done for so many years around the world and making them the biggest brand in world football. Yes, we are a long way behind, but um, it's, it's just great to be involved with such a, a magnificent occasion once again. So a question for both of you. I mean, who, who are we expecting to come out? I know players come and go and from now until... Obviously, uh, next year when uh, this tour takes place, there will be some new faces. But are we expecting both clubs to bring out pretty strong sides? 
Yeah, what I can say, it's uh, they're bringing the full squad, uh, and uh, it's an important season for for the players to come here to show themselves in the preseason, and they're ready for the new season. So, and also, it's you know, it's Leeds uh, going back. It's, it's not uh, a friendly. <laughs> it's not a friendly. Uh, so it's a very competitive game, uh, and as I said, for the, for the for the players, it's for them to to show that uh, they want to be part of the the f- first team to play. Yeah, what I will say about the game as well. There normally gets knock-on effects from World Cups or European competitions where some players need a rest. We've seen that in the ICC mm. Cup that was over here with the teams when a lot of the big names didn't turn up. There's nothing to interfere with this game in 2019, so the everybody will be available. Ronnie, back to you. As I mentioned, you were part of some amazing sides, some amazing success at Manchester United. When you look back and reflect on those times, you had an amazing career. You played all around the world, but that time spent uh, at Old Trafford, it must have been pretty special. Yeah, I was lucky to come into that team at a, f- a fantastic time. Uh, uh, the players, of course, uh, you know, the manager who's you know already performed that team that time. Uh, so uh, you know, I was lucky to come into that team that time to to, to you know be on that travel with them uh, and uh, all the all the trophies we won. So yeah, I was I was lucky. And Bridget, your time at Leeds, uh, as I said, you came across as a high-profile, highly-paid signing. What are your memories of those early days? It was very, very nerve-wracking at first because the Leeds fans were thinking, we paid £5 million for a guy from the Championship. He'd never heard of us. <laughs> so for one, you've got to win the fans over, and yeah. you've got to do it well. The first game was nil-nil against Derby County at home, and you could hear the rumblings of the fans. Well, like, <laughs> this kid's rubbish. And like you say, the second game away from home, I really felt like something was there in the hat-trick. It just relieved so much pressure, and it, it made my season, to be honest with you, because I was playing with players that I shouldn't have been playing with a year ago. I was pinching myself that I was actually in the park, but something triggered, something worked, and I went to a new level with my game because I was playing alongside the likes of Harry Kuehl, Ian Hart, and then Alan Smith that was coming through. We had a, Jonathan Woodgate went on to play for Real Madrid. We had a cracking team, and my game went to a new level, and you know, fond memories that I'll, I'll live with me forever. You mentioned the rivalry just a few moments ago between Leeds United and also Manchester United. Where did that all sort of originate from? Tell us a bit more about it. It's not so much consigned to just what happens on the field, I believe. Can just uh, you know say it's a, it's a rival there, there and uh, you, you you can feel it as a player coming into to Ellen Road. It's uh, it's a fierce place to go. <laughs> you can feel it, and uh, it's been there for for ages as well as it, Michael says. It's not just to do with the the teams. It goes back to the 15th century. There's a thing called the War of the Roses um, between Lancashire and Yorkshire. That's how far back this goes. So it's very, very ingrained in the history because they're not close. I'm used to derbies that are 6 to 10 k's away. This is 68 kilometers away from each other. And when I joined Leeds, it was kind of like, we've got to beat Manchester United. And I'm like, what about Huddersfield and Bradford? Forget it. (laughs) Manchester United, boys. Well, as I said, this is going to be so, so exciting. Uh, The first match on July 13, that will be Manchester United taking on Perth Glory. And then the Red Devils will take on Leeds United on Wednesday, July 17. Uh, You can head along to the website, unitedinperth.com. I'll have more details on that shortly. But this is going to be a hell of a lot of fun for football fans, uh, whether you're in Western Australia or also you want to take advantage of some great travel packages wherever you are in Australia. It's going to be a beauty. So to both of you gentlemen, uh, Ronnie Johnson, enjoy the rest of your time here in Australia and also to you, Michael Bridges, keep up the great work. Thanks for joining us here on the program. Thank you. Thank you very much.
So Ronnie Johnson and Michael Bridges joining us there. As I said, let's just recap what has been announced. A massive, massive deal for football fans. The world's biggest sporting team, Manchester United, heading to Perth in July of 2019 for an eight-day tour. It's the first time in over 40 years that the full squad will play two matches at Optus Stadium as part of their pre-season campaign. A long time since Manchester United have visited this part of the world. They'll play Perth Glory on the 13th of July and also long-time rivals. We just heard about it just then. Leeds United on Wednesday, the 17th of July. Perth will be turning red while the teams are in town and there will be lots of opportunities for fans to see the stars and meet club legends like Ronnie Johnson, an ambassador out here in Australia. Join the pre-sale list or book your travel packages at unitedinperth.com. We're here for First Choice Liquor. You're listening to Off The Bench with Benny Jones and Scotty Sadler for First Choice Liquor for all your liquor needs. You're listening to Off The Bench with Benny Jones and Scotty Sadler for First Choice Liquor for all your liquor needs. Time for a sports update for the Remington Durablade Pro. Available only at Shaver Shop. Yeah, well, I honestly don't know where we'll start with this guy because there's been so much happening in the world of rugby league over the past seven or so days that uh, he's been covering it all left, right and centre. And in between all of that badge and sats, Oh, just running a lazy marathon in Athens, if you don't mind. Pete Bedell, of course, leading NRL Journo with the Courier Mail, joins us here on Sports Day. Uh, Pete, always a pleasure. Thanks for joining us. No worries, boys. I've still got the toga on from my running Athens. Uh, <laughs> nice. The olive oil was all over the body. You should have seen me. I was like an Adonis. Is your wife still feeding you grapes every minute of the day? Hey, what was it like, just before we get into the, uh, get into the rugby league gossip, running a, a marathon in Athens, the first Olympic Games was hosted there. Must have been uh, pretty memorable, Pete. Oh, phenomenal experience, guys. I mean, it was the very, very course that they ran the 2004 Olympic Marathon. And um, to actually start at Marathon, which you, the, the history buffs would know the history of the Battle of Marathon and basically where the uh, Greeks defeated the Persians. So to have that sense of history at the start line, it was amazing. And just to go through the villages along the way and the, the, the locals were great. And then finishing inside the Olympic Stadium that was built in 1896. So phenomenal finish. Um yeah, it's a lifetime thrill. I'd recommend it to anyone who wants to just take it easy, even walk a marathon. It's, it's worth doing. You need Persian rugs to do a marathon, I think. That, that Olympic Stadium was built in, was started in 1896 and finished in 2008, apparently. <laughs> <so>. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Pete, what's happening at Red Hill? Uh, what's the latest there? Um, there's obviously a meeting that's going to occur between Wayne Bennett and Carl Morris to see what the movements are going to be of Wayne Bennett. And on the flip side of that, Anthony Seabold, what are you hearing out of Red Hill? Yeah, well, I'm just at Red Hill now, guys, and uh, they've just wrapped up training, the boys. Wayne Bennett was nowhere to be seen. He is here, but he's been hiding in his golden office, so he's not he's not showing his face to the media. Surprise, surprise. But um, he was due to meet Carl Morris today. Carl Morris postponed that meeting until the weekend. So now my information is that they'll, they'll discuss some sort of severance package. I don't think Wayne Bennett will be amenable to it unless he gets every cent that he's owed. So if they try and do a, a compensation deal or a... Or a an abbreviated deal, Wayne Bennett won't be a part of it. So he'll, he want, he will want every cent if he's to move on. He's busy counting his premiership trophy. One, two, <laughs> no, that one, four. Hey, uh, what are you hearing from the Seabold side of it? Is it do, you, do you know if he's keen to make it happen? We're, we're hearing he said, look, he's, he's committed to Souths if that has to happen. But I just sense that um, all parties really want this swap to, to take place soon. 
Yeah, well, well, Badge, my information out of South is that South are uh, happy for him to go. There's a few players there that are dirty on the whole thing, and I don't. I think it's untenable for Seabold. I mean, privately, Seabold is happy to go as well, um, and, I, and there is some backlash there at South with a few senior players. They're not happy with how he's handled the whole process, so he's ready to go. South are ready to move him on. The, the final impediment now is Wayne Bennett and convincing him why he should leave Brisbane because in Wayne's eyes he wants to be here next year and he thinks he can win a comp here so it's going to take some major negotiating in the next 48, 72 hours Pete, treat me like I'm a three year old but um, as usual (laughs) if Wayne Bennett is going to go to South and get seven figures which he would be getting Mm. at the Broncos much why does he need to be compensated if he's pretty much going to he's going to be paid the same as what he's on at the Broncos at the moment if not more yeah, it's a good point, Sats. Look, I think there's a bit of an ethical side to this too. I think Wayne feels that he's been already dudded by the Broncos. I mean, he wanted to be here for a longer term and the management here weren't receptive to his blueprint. So I think he's prepared. He's now feeling a little bit bitter and he's prepared to dig his heels in, I think. And I think he's he's in a, he's in a bit of a difficult situation. He's, at, he's butting heads with, with hierarchy here. He feels he's been pushed out of the door when he didn't want to go. So... Uh, I personally think for Wayne's benefit too, I think he's best off leaving. I mean, it, it's not a good situation for anyone. And I think Wayne mentally would be better with a fresh start at South. Yeah, but but he has. You can see why. He's got his nose out of joint. Whether you, you agree with Wayne coaching there or not, he's he had a contract or has a contract. Yeah. And if they want him to yeah. go, he's entitled to some sort of compensation. So, yeah, you'll see how, yeah. that, um, how that deal plays out. Hey, the other big news that we're hearing, Pete, is around... Cameron Smith, and you've broken the story here that we were all expecting it to be, uh, you know, about him signing a new one-year deal, or maybe not. But you've uh, you've found out more news. Yeah, quite amazing, Badge. He he wants two years now. We all thought that 2019 would be the swan song for Cam, and it was even Melbourne in their blueprint with staggering the the departures of Billy Slater, Cooper Cronk, and Smith expected Cam to leave next year. He has since conveyed to the Storm management that he wants a two-year deal. Now, it's a bit of a tricky situation. He wants a million dollars a season. Melbourne don't want to pay that for next year. So I suspect by having a two-year deal, he could potentially take a bit less, but over the two-year term, earn more, if you know what I mean. So if he can see out the two years... Um, he could earn maybe $1.6 million over that two-year period, and that would be palatable financially. So, But I think, too, I think Cam Buell's stepping down from rep footy has helped give him another 12 months. So there's still a bit to go in terms of negotiating, but I think he will get a deal done. Just It will be interesting to see whether the Storm are receptive to a second year, though. If we take his age out of the equation, Sats and, and, and Pete, if you just saw him playing and you thought he was 28 or 30, you wouldn't be expecting him to retire. Would you? Would you, Sats? No, no, like we just talked about earlier, the way that he plays the game, he has that that ability just to just to keep his body out of a lot of the the heavy work for a lot of the period of the game. He knows how to control the flow of the game, so he's not taking a lot of that impact on. Mm. So I think he could make two years. I think one year with a one year option would be the the best. As long as they sit down and they're all honest at the end of the, yeah. this next season. Now, Pete, we we heard a while ago when there was some rumblings around the contract negotiations that Melbourne had already said that they've got evidence that he's agreed to play 2019. Is there still a chance that if they can't come to some agreement that he may not play in 2019? Yeah, it's a good question, Seth. Look, I've heard some rumblings that if there has been some frustration from, from Smith's management over how the deal was being done and 
the fact that Melbourne are prepared to agree to the $1 million figure. So if they can't get things sorted, there is every chance Cam could say, well, stuff this, I'm retiring. There has been some suggestions about that. I, I don't think it will come to that. I, I think they will get something done. But my concern, guys, and you know it's better than me, you can fall off the cliff quickly in the NRL, and, and there is a danger that Cam could go a year too long. So... You know, playing in a role at 37, it's a, it's a huge call in 2020. I, I I just hope he makes the right decision for his legacy. Does his upcoming 400th game, if he gets through half a season, is that playing a, a role in this break? Will becoming the first 400 game player? Do you think that's that's part of his decision making? Oh no doubt. I mean, he's on 384 at the moment, and you would think if he stays injury free, which Cam tends to do, he'll get the 16 games that he needs next season. But let's just say he did have a major injury next year and he finished on 392, 393, he would definitely want to go another season to get to that 400. Mm. So that's that's definitely a, a carrot as well. Pete, uh, read with great interest your uh, exclusive one-on-one with Val Holmes a little earlier on in the week uh, after his uh, huge, huge call to um, throw in the towel with the NRL and go over and chase his NFL dream. You've obviously um, you know, encountered a very confident young man who's going to back himself in. What did you make of it all? And uh, obviously now the NRL, is there any concern that this could cause a, a bit of a mass exodus of top players? Yeah, look, I don't think we'll see a drain of talent. I mean, there'll always be the odd guy like Jared Hayne or Val Holmes or Tamalolo that probably has the physical gifts to maybe mm. make it in the NFL. But I don't think we'll see a major exodus. I don't think Todd Greenberg's too worried because, as he said, they tend to come back pretty quickly. Um, look, I, I spoke to Val and he, he was, I was surprised at his confidence. I mean, I, I thought he'd be nervous and a bit shocked that... He, he's, he genuinely believes he can do it. Look, I, I went with him to Los Angeles two years ago and watched him, and the, the scouts I spoke to who are better judges than us said, look, he's a good athlete, but we've got 5,000 of these blokes yeah. who are as big as Val that run faster. Mm. So I, I have major reservations. I don't personally think Val will make it, but good luck to him. I hope he does, but I think we'll see him back in the NRL in 2020. That, that's my belief. All right, well, uh, it's going to be a fascinating journey to watch, and yeah, great exclusive there from you, Pete. So we appreciate uh, a little bit of further insight. Uh, well done on the marathon, but well done on another big week. Uh, breaking stories left, right and centre. And it's scary to think it's only November and we've still got a couple of months to go before the season gets underway, mate. We'll let you get back to it and uh, catch up with you on Sports Day again down the track shortly, no doubt. Yeah, no worries, boys. My missus is just feeding you some grapes. You're listening to Off The Bench with Benny Jones and Scotty Sadler for First Choice Liquor for all your liquor needs. The Makita Power Player for Makita's massive redemption sale. Makita, when power means business. Massive redemptions. Uh, grab yourself free Makita gear when Makita uh, means business. Visit makita.com.au for details. Nothing better than coming back from a break and Sats is furiously waving his Lucky hands. Lucky we're not live. The mics are on and I'm like, is there something you want to share with me? Yeah, no, because you're going to talk about your power player who you've got a real man crush on. Yeah. But I saw something on Twitter and I just rem- it reminded me just now when you when I saw a football player. Yeah. yeah. And I want to mention him as one of the Makita power players, but I want... To put you on the spot. Okay, and sure. Well, can I, I tell you? you know, I hope I, you know. Yeah, do no, the tag on first. Well, yeah, our power player is Tim Cahill. Yeah. Uh, Fifteen years representing Australia, hundred and eight yep. caps, fifty goals, four World Cups, five World Cup goals. Gets his farewell that he thoroughly deserved at Ain Stadium, uh, three 0 win oh. over Lebanon. Yep. 
Well, know, he, he played nine minutes, so it wasn't a starring role. You're running role, around waving your hands above your head for nine minutes going, kick it to me, kick it to me. <laughs> that, I'm not sure it was a yeah. send-off we wanted. Where, where uh, were you going, Sats, with all this? <laughs> no, no, no. It wasn't anything to do with Tim Cahill because I think he deserves it. He's been amazing. And he's one of those players that doesn't matter what sport you play. You don't have to be a football fan. You just... Well, you know the name Tim Cahill. You know his name yeah. and you also... You, um, you know, you're inspired Come on, by what tell us who it is. I don't know who it is. I want you to tell me who it is. Did you see it on Twitter the other day? Um, football player, uh, braids in his hair. Um, referee had lost a family member during the week, and after the game, he went oh, up. Oh, Virgil van Dijk. Virgil oh, van Dijk. Liverpool yeah. centre half, but Santa, also yeah. um, plays for the Netherlands, and that was in a game against Germany. Great in the, footage. Uh, yeah, he scored the equaliser in the last minute of play. And then at the end of the game, whistle's gone, and the, the referee, the official, had lost a family member that not long before the game. Right. And oh, so yes. the player... He did, yeah. Beeline for the referee just to shake his hand and say, hey, listen, we're all thinking about yeah. you. And yeah, really uh, good footage. Good yeah, call, Scotty. Thank you, I Benny. didn't know where that That's was right. going. When he said he put, put me on the spot, I was I was deeply concerned. But the minute he mentioned Liverpool player, I thought, no, I should be fine with this. But that was a great <laughs> moment. So actually, let's give it to both. On Tim Cahill for his contribution to Australian football, which yes. won't end, by the way, just off the back of him hanging up the boots. He'll still be involved in some shape or form. And Virgil van Dijk, of course, yep. of the, uh, the Dutch national team for his show of... A humanity, I yes. think, to go to the referee yeah. after the final. Tim Cale, I think the pencil him in as a corner post punching coach. <laughs> he could he'd do that very yeah. well. Yeah, look out, corner post. No, you're right. No, before that, we need someone to teach him how to put the ball <laughs> put in the, the back net. Of the net yeah. Massive redemption sale, Makita. When power means business, let's get ourselves a driver's seat preview. The driver's seat preview for Kubota skid steers. Power at your fingertips. Oh, yeah, and ahead of this weekend's grand finale at Newcastle, Scotty McLaughlin will be battling off Red Bull Holden Racing. Team Shane Van Gisbergen to take his maiden supercars crown. DJR Team Penske's first championship since James Courtney way back in 2010. DJR head honcho and five-time champion in his own right. Dick Johnson joined the lads on the driver's seat last week to preview the final round and talk about the Mustang supercar making its 2019 debut. Going back around, back to uh, to New Zealand, was that a was that a result that uh, I wouldn't say surprised you because we, we know how good the ZB is on fast circuits, but was that a massive confidence lifter for not only Scotty but the whole team to come away with that result from New Zealand to head into, uh, uh, to, head into Newcastle with a lead? Well, you know, without pumping his tyres, I can tell you that I think that's probably the best drive I've ever seen Scotty do. He came under immense pressure from both Shane one day and obviously uh, Wind Cup the next. And, and you know, Jamie, to his credit, like um, th- their cars are faster in certain areas to, to our cars. So, uh, you know, you, you have swings and roundabouts, but where their cars were fast, there was passing opportunities. And, and Scotty did a great job in being able to sort of fend him off and it's just a shame he ran out of petrol, wasn't it? Oh, terrible. Yeah. Honestly, I don't understand that. I mean, I think anyone watching obviously knew that Jamie was going to pull over and let SVG through because, of course, it's a team sport and that he said that he would do everything that he could. Well, I wonder why the team would have come out to say, oh, he, he ran out of fuel. Well, Matty, the fuel light was on, clearly. Of course, yeah. He's in reserve. He was in the pot. Does, is that? A, I mean, you boys, are, you boys are more in contact with it than I. Can you have team orders specifically done like could they have come over the radio and said jamie slow up and let svg pass or is that like formula one you know, no like well you can't do like by the rules you can't do that but obviously right. there are codes you can use and I, I, look I'm, I'm not knocking that it's just 
okay, if if he's the car behind you, fine. But uh, when you're like 12 seconds behind, it's a bit rugged. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you run out of fuel. Yeah, very silly. Let me say one thing that um, I think when Jamie said that uh, he will do anything to get Shane to win, I believe that. But I think Jamie is a guy with immense amount of integrity and obviously extremely talented. And uh, he will race, but race very fair. So we heard from DJR last week. Don't miss this weekend when we chat to Mark Dutton, boss of Red Bull HRT. Holden Racing Team, of course, for his thoughts on the grand finale. Uh, you can catch the boys on the driver's seat this weekend, also online at the driver's seat show. We're going to take a quick break. More off the bench still to come. You're listening to Off The Bench with Benny Jones and Scotty Sadler for first choice liquor for all your liquor needs. A Gurney high pressure moment for Gurney high pressure cleaners available at Bunnings Warehouse. Yeah, well, this one was simply incredible last weekend and we had to mention it again because fortunately it, uh, it comes with a... Well, a reasonably good conclusion. I've got to say that. Gurney high-pressure cleaners available at Bunnings Warehouse. Gurney gets the job done. They'll have needed a few Gurney high-pressure cleaners on site at the Macau Grand Prix. And oh, you know why. Yes. Could have been worse. Yeah, it Jeez, could have been yeah. a hell of a lot worse. But um, uh, this was quite incredible. Uh, Formula 3, so a couple of rungs down from the, the real big boys. But it was actually a young female driver. Uh, you, Sophia. No, no. It was just involved in the incident. It was I'm a just, driver. What did you have to say? It was a female driver. Because her name's like, Sophia. Yeah, but you, what you're doing There's is you're no, trying to single out that if it was a male driver, this wouldn't have happened. He's not. Not, Sat, not at all. You know, you, know, okay. Sat, you know, Sats has actually said he'd be quite happy with that. What I find a ridiculous idea that... People are going to you're going to be children are going to be born now and they're not going to put the sex on. The oh, I saw that. Yeah, but it's in Tasmania. That's wants that. Why is that? But everyone should. Well, you you can just choose it when you're old enough. Oh, exactly. <laughs> Make your mind Whether up. You've got as a you wang go. dango or not, you can be what you like. Uh, crashing into a barrier wall. I don't know where we're going with this. We've gone way off track. Speaking of which, so did Sophia Flourish on oh, at the Macau Grand Prix. Oh, two hundred again, but at two hundred and seventy-five clicks. I oh, know. Um, the the vision is just simply stunning. Um, and how she survived is Mind a miracle. Mind-blowing. When you look at the uh, the corner where they were, they were all slowing down, weren't they, Badge, because a, a yellow flag was... Yeah, a flag or a light. The lights had come caution. up. So they'd slowed down to around 80, and it looks like they'd probably do 100 and something around the bend. But, oh, what was she doing? 270. Oh, 270. And hits the edge of the, of, the, of the turn, which obviously is a little bit raised, and just catapults her like a bullet straight across the track, mid-air, probably two or three metres off the mid-air, and hits... Hits a, um, a a demountable, uh, a, like an area where the photographers were all. They were just taking their snaps. I can't wait to see some of the snap photos. Well, if anyone was quick enough on coming the straight to, towards yeah, them. Yeah. Not only did she survive, well, did the you crash, say she? Yeah. Well, why'd you say that? Well, you're saying a guy wouldn't have because he done. started it. <laughs> Don't put me into this. Don't put me into your. Not only did the driver su- survive <laughs> the crash, but yeah. no photographers for in- were injured, yeah. no ground yeah, staff were injured. It's one of those unbelievable moments that... Um, yep. Well, you have to see it to believe it, and even yeah. seeing it, I didn't believe it. But uh, yeah, Sophia did escape with only, and I do put only in inverted commas, a fractured spine, uh, expected to make a full recovery, no um, paralysis or anything like that, and, yeah. and can't wait, she says, to get back behind the wheel. But you just you watch it, and if you blink, you miss it. it yeah. It's yeah. it's stunning stuff. No, it's great to see that him, her... 
will be <laughs> <Yeah>. okay. <laughs> Gurney High Pressure Cleaners, available at Bunnings Warehouse. I'm glad we got through that segment just. Uh, and that leaves us with nothing more to do, boys. Than I can't to, believe um, that you've thrown the word wang dang in there. Yeah, that's the first time it's been heard on radio <laughs> for a long Jackson's, time. Uh, playlist, so, <laughs> what, are we, yeah. what are we looking forward to this weekend? A stack of great sports. Wallabies. Yeah. I'm looking forward to the Wallabies at England and Twickenham. They're going to silence every can we beat doomsdayer. No, yeah, we can. No. Yeah, we can. Okay. Because we're playing for a guy that has given great service to the Wallabies, Will Genya, 100th game, yeah. 100th test match. Well done, huge Will. milestone. Awesome. One of the homes of rugby union. So, yes, I think the Australia is can win. Is it the home? One of, is it considered the home? It's not home? considered one the of home. Papua New Guinea's greatest Badge, what's caught your eye? What's going to catch your oh, eye? Oh, there's a couple more T20s across the weekend, and yes. now that uh, Australia have had uh, that uh, the great win at the Gabba. We're on a streak, one in a row. And it was a very close, but that's a confidence booster. Be great to see if we can win yep. one or both of the uh, these and wrap up the series. What about the little golf game that's taking place in Vegas? I know you're oh. going to be watching this with interest. Oh but... yeah, oh, I can't believe like <laughs> they've just put it all on the line. They're only going the winner's going to get about nine million Australian yeah, which dollars, is, which yeah. is what they earn. A it's week, not even yeah. a, it's not even a tournament. It's a it's a round. It's yeah. eighteen holes. It's mate v mate. Phil Mickelson and Tiger. Well, they're Woods. not mates. Yeah. Ah, mm. oh, look, it'll be something. I hope different. Tiger wipes the floor. And what a place to win nine million to in Vegas. That's not dangerous and risky. You'd pop over to the nearest casino straight <laughs> afterwards. Uh, yeah, can see how that one went. Uh, final weekend of the supercars, as the boys on the driver's seat touched on earlier. That is going to be massive. And for me, because I'm a soccer head, uh, defending champs, the Melbourne Victory take on the champs of two seasons ago in Sydney FC. Oh, yeah. That game being played at Cogra, boys, uh, and oh, it's uh, it's a sellout. So um, I think the Jubilee Stadium, they, they call it nowadays. It looks beautiful, that eastern side of, of Cogra, yeah. um, Jubilee Oval, when it's full, it's a late afternoon, sun's going down, it's beautiful. Yeah, yeah they've got a few it's home games there this season, Sydney FC, so should be one to look forward to. Plenty of great sport we're all going to get excited about. This has been Off the Bench, Badge Sats. You have yourselves great weekends. We'll catch you soon. Have a great time. weekend, everyone.